This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Start your journey to becoming a great developer at learn.thoughtbot.com. Felt like a time traveler who decides to travel back in time like three months. <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> it's not a very good time machine. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a Samsung. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Build Phase. Let's talk about first object on NSRA for like 45 minutes. Holy crap, yeah. <laughs> Let's, that's, I, I think I, I, I can almost guarantee that there is a tweet from me somewhere that says, all I want from the next iOS release is first object on NSRA. <laughs> I swear to God. It is the first category I add. <laughs> To every single project yes and what's fr- the frustrating thing is like it's been there the whole time right like first first object exists you could do perform selector first object and it'll work like first object's been there literally this entire time it's just it's almost like they forgot to put it in the header <laughs> yeah and they've been hearing every, all of us like yelling about first object and they've just been like i don't know what they're talking about we totally have first object. <laughs> and then someone was like, hey, guys, you know we never added that to the header, right? <laughs> uh, did you see the, the header dump from iOS 7? The runtime header dump? Yeah. With the code words in it? Yeah, with the uh, Yo, Yo Mama, Mama wears, combat, wears boots. combat boots. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I your, love that. Your Mama wears glasses. Yeah. What was, I, the, I, what was the glasses one? HDR, I think. Yeah. So there were we can link to this in the show notes, but there so someone did a uh class dump of the runtime headers and until the the GM release there was uh were they properties or the methods? Um there were methods. Me- methods. So getters and setters. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there were methods for like yo mama wears combat boots is supported <laughs> and yo mama wears glasses is supported which were like the code names for the yo mama wears combat boots is like the st- image stability stuff mm. and then right the glasses one was for hdr i guess are they code words exactly for that reason because people will class dump or is it because yeah. like the software engineers don't know about the hardware capabilities i have to imagine that the software engineers didn't just put in empty methods with funny names if they didn't know that you know what i mean without building out the implementation for those like i have to imagine that it's specifically because like five minutes after the announcement and five minutes after the gm was released there was a new class dump online and it revealed that the you know the sis stuff and the hdr stuff which are hardware features, right? So I, I really think it was a matter of keeping the hardware features secret from us, you know what I mean, from the public, not necessarily from an internal team. Right, right. It's always weird when there's new or like significant hardware changes coming out because we as developers always get the short end of the stick. Yeah. Like, Do you remember how people couldn't figure out how to trigger like the – four-inch mode yes. on their apps and it wasn't clear that you just had to su- like supply a default image yeah. at that size to like 
get everything to move around. Yeah, yeah, and and even even after I saw that and I read that, I was like, well, that can't be true. That seems insane. Like that that doesn't make any sense. Why would they just key off this image existing? And so even even after I even after it came out that like that's how you did it, I think it still took me like another week to like come to grips with the fact that that was the way you <laughs> you did that. Right. And now this time around like people have been working for months on their 7.0 apps. New devices are coming out. Oh, hey, 64-bit. Yeah. Go ahead and run through that transition. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there won't be any problems. Yeah. That one's that one's rough. I mean, I think I think 99% of the apps won't run into any problems, right? Like if you're using NS Integer or CG Float, most of like 99% of those apps are going to be fine. There's obvious outliers there if you're doing like polyline stuff or any kind of like bit swizzling kind of or bit shifting rather kind of stuff you could run into problems but those are so few and far between like if you're just kind of following best practice stuff and using ns integer and using cg float then you should be okay most of the time yeah if if you did that kind of stuff to begin with you're probably an advanced sort of guy or gal yeah yeah know what you're doing right uh i hope so Unless you're just like copying and pasting code from Stack Overflow, in which case well, you deserve what you get. <laughs> Not to be an asshole about it, but. <laughs> so, what has you excited for iOS seven? Have you been uh, developing against it? Um, yeah, I've been running the GMs or sorry, the the Xcode five developer previews pretty consistently. I, I think I was the only one um, on my client project doing that. So I've been running all of our stuff against iOS 7 right after I got back from WWDC. Like, my task at my client thing was to get get it up and running on iOS 7, you know. Fix the warnings, fix the errors, fix the builds, that kind of stuff. And so I've been, I've been I mean, I put iOS 7 on my phone. Like, we both did, right? Like, I put, I've had iOS 7, I started beta 1 that day, <laughs> Mon- yep. Monday evening uh, with beta 1. Um, so I've been running it personally for a long time and then, yeah, I've been trying to develop against it almost exclusively, you know, every now and then I'll drop back to six just to make sure that like a test runs. But if I'm just working, I'm working in iOS seven. What's your experience been like making that uh, transition to 7.0 rough? Uh, not at like a build level, but like at a UI level, I mean, it's, I, I still don't know I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with certain things like a table view that doesn't have a navigation bar. You know what I mean? Or it's not, it's not inside a navigation controller. So the table view is up underneath the status bar. And like, I I still, I'm still not entirely clear on how we should be handling that situation. Are we supposed to just get rid of the status bar at that point? Or some new like edge insets property on UI view controller. So you can basically control oh, like whether, edges, whether edges for extended layout, right? So you would you would set that so the view controller doesn't extend into the status bar, I believe. Gotcha. So that's a UI rect edge, which is a new type, I believe. And so yeah, so it has UI edge top left, bottom right, none. It's so nice to finally be able to talk about this stuff. The second the GM re- is released, everybody's on Twitter going like, "Wait, is the NDA?" lifted yet or do we have to wait till the 18th it's like no 
technically you have to wait till the 18th, which is today if you're listening to it on when Correct. we're releasing it, but it's actually Friday, so. Yeah, you're hearing this in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess I you could check for the existence of UI Rect Edge. And if UI Rect Edge exists, you could set that on your view controllers. But that kind of gets into do the whole supporting 6 and 7 at the same time thing. Which... So that's something you're having to do on this oh, yes. project you're yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kind of sucks. Just because of UI type stuff? Yeah, almost exclusively because of UI t- stuff. I mean, the paradigms are just different, you know? Even, like, little things. Like, we had integration test failures because the swipe direction is different. Because of the new UI table view, UI table view cell scroll view, which is, like, injected above the content view of the table view cell. So I think it's the immediate subview for UI table view cell now. Which is what does the the fancy, like, you swipe now to the left to delete something. You swipe to the left and the whole cell moves over instead of, like, a button appearing to the right, right you know? Yeah. I, I actually kind of assume that this, that that internal scroll view is the new content view. Because when you do cell.contentView add subview, like, how else would you get it into the scroll view if the scroll view itself is a subview of the content view? It's doing some hacky stuff. Oh, okay. But I mean, like if you if you actually print a recursive description of a UI table view cell, it's UI table view cell, and then inside that a scroll view, and then inside that the content view. Because you can actually like in one place on iOS seven, like it, I didn't realize that I don't I don't know how it happened, but I think we're at for some reason we're we're doing something weird where the table view cell, this specific table view cell, you swipe it. And the cell moves underneath the content. So, like, the text actually stays still, right? Because it's not being added to the cell. It's not actually being added to the content view. I think we're doing, like, loading from a nib or something. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I haven't looked into it yet. But you swipe to the left on the cell, and the text stays put, and the cell swipes underneath it. It sounds to me like someone just added a view straight to the cell and not yeah, the content that's what view. I, that's what I think happened. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just like little stuff like that just makes it kind of a pain in the neck to support both. You just end up doing a lot of conditionals, you know? I would love to, like in my side project, it, like we have an internal project that you and I have been working on. And then and then um, our the Learn app we have out, uh, Rita's redesigning it for iOS 7. I think we're going to just go iOS 7 only on Learn. In my side project, I'm just like, screw it, threw away, uh, throw away everything, iOS 7 only on my side project. But that's easy because that's got like, I don't know, like my dad uses it. And as far as I know, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are easy decisions. Didn't you say that with Learn that like 15% of our users are already on iOS 7 just because they're like developers running the beta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I haven't looked at those stats, but recently but yeah we we have enough i mean it's a techie product right so the learn app if you're not aware is um an ios app that we have uh that allows you to view and um to view our trail maps which are kind of like thoughtbots guides to like learning development techniques and different languages and stuff like that and so we have a bunch of them up there 
and the learn app itself it, it it can do it can complete you can mark stuff as completed so like yes i read this yes i can do this that kind of stuff so you can kind of keep track of your progress which is pretty nice but yeah i mean since it's that kind of a product a bunch of the users of the app are running the ios 7 beta they're like you and me you know what i mean they're just day right. one i feel like we should point out right now also that with learn it is completely open source so you can go to github.com slash thoughtbot slash trail map. You know, um, if you think that there should be some resources added there or some things that you should know to be an expert in a certain technology, you can just open up a pull request. And once it gets merged in and you update or you open the app on your device, it will pull down those changes. So, yeah, the content of this app is completely open to you guys. Pull requests, go. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to get more iOS content in there. I just haven't had time to kind of like go through it. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. What's your take on the two UI, like supporting six and seven UI wise? I haven't gone down enough down the road of having to support seven yet, so I can't honestly speak to any difficulties because I've been in the thick of rewriting an application and started on six point zero and was really focusing there. And now that now that the GM is out, it's safe to kind of go back and patch things up. Yeah, it does kind of suck having the 64-bit thing sprung on us so quickly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they could have – I feel like they've done it before where they're like – didn't they release auto layout? They released auto layout before the 4-inch phone came out, before the 5 came out. What did they do? They were talking about – they were hinting at something, right? Where they were like really, really going heavy on implying that you should probably have your views more flexible and be able to support different sizes automatically. And it was like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. And then surprise, you know, the, the iPhone five is a different size. You know, I feel like they really probably should have done that with the 64-bit stuff too because that's like a whole like it can be a big change right like if you get bit by this 64-bit stuff then you could get bit pretty hard i I think that's hard to do though without giving away that they're moving toward a 64-bit chip because there's nothing else they could tell you to do to prepare for that that wouldn't be obvious it's like oh Apple's moving to 64-bit. Like with auto layout, they made the argument like, oh, you should be using auto layout because of right-to-left languages and because of the iPad. Like that's those are the examples they kept using. From a consumer standpoint, a 4-inch phone is interesting. My mom is not going to care that the new iPhone is 64-bit. She's literally not going to know what that means it's not going to matter. The only people it matters to are people like you and me or just huge, you know, nerds. So Right. I was going to say it people that use CPU intensive applications say on their iPad for like music production and stuff will notice, but they probably know about that stuff anyway. Right. Like they know about the the advantages of 64-bit. Yeah, I mean my mom's not going to Right. And give so a damn. so I think my point is that like yeah, if they had hinted at it, it may have not been as big of a like the sixty four bit thing may not have been as big of an announcement, you know, when they when they announced the new phones. But I'm not sure that it was worth. I'm, not, I'm just not sure there was something worth holding back. You know, I'm just not. I, yeah, I don't know. It, 
it seems like with hardware, Apple's always trying not to show their hand. Yeah, I get to that. Their competi- to their competitors. But in this case, I mean, I, I'm sure like at least a few people were completely blindsided by the fact that Apple had a 64-bit chip ready to go in a mobile device. I think even even on Twitter, you know, when they announced it on Twitter, I think people generally in the know were moderately surprised. I, I wasn't expecting a 64-bit phone like that, no. you know. I mean, it's not something I spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about, but but you know, it was moderately surprising to me. Yeah, we're totally in like desktop class computing now. Yeah. in mobile devices, it's it's pretty exciting. Like once the the five S is like the free phone on contract. Oh God! Do some amazing things. I just want to get rid of the four S. <laughs> I just want. <laughs> yeah, if we can just get rid of three and a half inch screens and thirty pin connectors, <laughs> that's I'd I'd be happy. I was really hoping that they wouldn't keep the four S around. Yeah, me too. But they have to have that free phone, you know. It's the bracketing thing. Like, there was a really good – someone posted a picture on Twitter. I could probably pull it up and we can add it to the show notes about, like, someone was like, here's the iPhone 5S announcement in a nutshell. And the idea of, like, product bracketing where you have – if you only actually have two selections, you just make something and you want people to buy the high-end one, then you just make a higher-end one. So that you have like a super cheap and a super expensive and then something right in the middle and like 80% of people will just choose the one in the middle. You know, I'm actually, I think I'm happier that at least the the middle option now is the 5C instead of the 5, right? It's not a major improvement, but at least it has a better camera, better battery life. It's a better phone than the 5 is, even if it has like the weird plastic back and People yeah. are going to put the Crocs case on it. <laughs> right. With the introduction of a second new phone, Apple seems to have skirted the problem with this generation. You know how like every other generation people are just like, oh, it's the same phone. Yeah, totally. It's the, yeah, totally. It's the 5S. Nothing's changed. Yeah. yeah, they appease those people, right? They appease the people that were like – that don't want just a new phone and a new uh, – they don't want the same looking phone every year by releasing something where it's like, no, look, now you can have a new shiny thing that's – aquamarine or whatever <laughs> you know it's such a first world problem like, well, this year's phone looks the same as last year's phone how are people going to know that i bought the right. new one although i will say when i did buy the 4s or sorry when i bought the 5 i was acutely aware of everybody that had to plug their headphones into the top of their phones when i got on the bus the next morning <laughs> right it's kind of like look at all these peons with their <laughs> I had an experience like that on the bus with iOS 7, like watching other people message. Oh, yeah. I'm like, look at all the gloss on those chat bubbles, <laughs> noobs. Yeah. Felt like a time traveler who decides to travel back in time like three months. <laughs> what a waste. It's not a very good time machine. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a Samsung. It's, and it works. Yeah. So what else? Um AP, well, API features. Or did you have something else you wanted to talk about on the UI side? Well, I was going to ask, um, what 7.0 features are, are you using in the transition that aren't in UIKit? Like anything in Foundation? Like any of the new uh, URL um, session stuff? No. That stuff is very interesting to me, and I'm, yeah. I can't wait to get to play with yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I, I really want to play with more than just playing with... I mean, yeah, I want to play with the URL session stuff too, but... AF networking 2.0 
is super interesting too because it's built on top of that directly you know so um i'm yeah. excited to be able to just start a new project with af networking and just use that instead use 2.0 while i love af networking i think i'm going to try to build try yeah. to yes so i mean before i adopted af networking 1.0 i had a really solid grasp of nsurl yeah. connection so i want something similar yeah before moving to 2.0 yeah, that's a great point yeah i may do the same actually yeah, something I learned recently was that NSURL connection was originally written uh, for the development of Safari. Hmm. Like while they were developing Safari, they developed this connection manager, which kind of explains why it is the way it is. Yeah. And it's not exactly suited for the things we're using it for, like in a mobile application. It, it's definitely better suited for like a browser. Yeah, that makes sense. So it makes sense that they moved to URL session. It, it works how you think it should when you're interacting with uh, some external API mm-hmm. in your application. Explicit, like, get, post, put, delete kind of methods. Yeah, right. Completion handlers. I feel like I haven't watched any session. Have you watched any session videos since WWDC? Yeah, I was going back and catching up on more of the UI ones. I managed to catch the URL session one at WWDC. Also the core data. That was a good one. I should go back and watch some. I watched like all the Xcode ones, right? Because that was like my, you know, when we were at WWDC, I was like, I got there's too much stuff. Like you can't watch every session video or go to every session, and so I decided to focus on something. So I was watching all of the Xcode five stuff, which I'm in love with Xcode five. I think Xcode five is a really, really just awesome update. Um, I know a lot of people hate on Xcode four. I wasn't ever a like I, I especially later, you know, the most more recent versions of Xcode four, I really liked, but adding the testing stuff into Xcode five, I think is a huge win and is makes me hopeful for Apple's, the possibility of Apple fully embracing like a testing methodology, you know? So they announced XC test, which is essentially right now it's, it's almost like a fork of OC in it, which is like the old, legacy unit testing framework and so now they have xc test which seems to me like like kind of comparable to them moving away from gcc and towards llvm right it just gives them a way to like something that's not bogged down by other requirements so that they can iterate on it like i can see them adding new stuff to xc test you know and adding new features to the testing framework which I'm excited about. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it was unit testing this year, and next year we'll see some integration testing stuff. Oh my god, I hope so. We, <laughs> we touched we touched on this yeah. in uh, episode four, I believe. Testing. Yeah. So URL session. What else are you excited about for iOS seven? API wise. Oh, uh, layout to layout transitions. Yeah. UI collection view controllers got a new trick, where if you're transitioning from one to another, you can have the two layouts animate. And so I think in most cases, this is how Apple is doing things where you're pushing over to a new view controller, but the content you were looking at doesn't actually leave with the original view. It kind of stays put and the Chrome moves around it, like the nav bar changes, like it pushes on a new nav item. But the content stays fixed because it's literally just rearranging that content say like it was a 
a grid of photos and you tap on a photo, that photo grows to be the full width while, <clears throat> while everything behind it is pushing as we used to think of it. Yeah, I love the I love the way I love the move away from like this concept of like window panes essentially. You know what I mean? Like I have a view and this is the view and then now I do something to the view and now I go and I move to this new view. You know what I mean? Like this slide thing. Like you have the the almost like it's like a microscope on a set of slides, you know? And you're like kind of right. moving the microscope from one slide to the other. I really like the interface. It feels more like alive. Like what you're talking about in the photos app is awesome. You know, moving from like the year view and then you just tap on an image and it drops all the way down into that image. And then you can back out and see the UI just kind of like morphs between like the, I don't know what the hell they call these things anymore. Memories or moments or something like that. And moments. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the calendar, the way the calendar does that too, where it, like you can follow the red dot is the example that they give in, um, in the session video on all this kind of transition stuff. This, the example they give is being able to follow the red dot that shows you where you are today. The red dot never leaves the screen, right? It, you're in year yeah. view and you can see it on the day of the month and then you click into that month and then it moves up to the right position in the month view and then you click on the day again and it just moves up to the basically to the nav bar to show where it is in the week it's awesome yeah that's a great example of what i was talking yeah. about i've, I've shown i've showed that to a lot of people yeah, me too and it, it even starts with like opening calendar mm-hmm. right like the icon itself becomes the application and then you tap on a year into the month into the day yeah you drill down and then you can hit the back button and it's just like zooming out all the way back to the home screen. Yep. And you might not be conscious of, of that fact that the app collapses into the icon, but you just have this sense when you go back to the home screen, oh, I know exactly where I, where I was yeah. just now. Yeah. And you're not exactly sure why. It happens so quickly. Yeah. But you noticed like, that, that thing that I was just looking at, it went over here. Like Our visual systems are very good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. Um, but again, it's kind of a thing that in order to really take advantage of it, you have to drop six. In order to take advantage of like that level of user interaction stuff, I feel like you're either going to be developing two parallel UIs and you know two different view controllers for every single view, or you're going to drop six and just go with seven. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been so difficult yeah. to make a transition. Well, because most of the time is it's features, right? Not like every other update has been feature updates. So, am I using the iOS five so uh, iOS five Twitter framework, or am I using the iOS six social framework? You know, which one? So you have like conditionals in there, and use this one if I'm on this SDK, and use this one if I'm in this other. Um, it's not that easy with UIs. I actually, I read an article, a way to potentially solve that by using class clusters. So you'd have, so for any given view controller, you would create a class cluster for that view controller so that you would instantiate, you would instantiate it like normal and they have the same public interface, 
But inside the init method, if it's or the factory method or whatever, um, it's doing the check to see if it's on iOS seven or not, and handing back the proper subclass for iOS seven or iOS six. Um, you know, depending on 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 how the conditional plays out. Uh, that's a good idea. I wonder if the interfaces are the same on the view controller. Does it really make sense to switch at that level, or does it make sense to just switch at the view level and load a different view? Yeah, possibly. But you could have if I mean, I mean, we're talking super abstract, theoretical, <laughs> whatever here. But like, you could have a table view controller on iOS six because. You know, and then a view, uh, collection view controller on iOS seven. Okay. You know. Yeah, and I, I guess there are enough um, new properties on UI view controller in seven point that it would make sense to separate that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Again, I'm not 100 percent sold on that technique, and I'm not even 100 percent sold on. I just feel like any time you're trying to. Start straddle the line between iOS 6 and iOS 7. I feel like most people are going to end up with a UI that doesn't look awesome on either. And that kind of sucks. Most people are going to just do enough to make the iOS 7 UI look iOS 6-ish, right? Push down the push down the stuff so that, you know, that so that the status bar isn't over anything. Um, readjust the views so that it kind of works the same way. Like that's what we're doing um, on my client app right now for iOS seven. That's as far as we're taking the the transition. Is just trying to you know make sure that views don't extend up above the status bar essentially and the nav bar. You know, push right. everything back down the, to where it is in iOS six, and that that's fine. You know what I mean? It'll get you up and running, but it doesn't. It leaves you with kind of a half way thing i'd love to know what um what apple's app store apps are going to look like come next week like podcasts or ibooks i I thought it was kind of telling that they didn't update the iLife apps to for ios 7 yeah it all looks the same i so i wonder with the updated versions are are these just going to be like a new version that is 7.0 only or will their binary support 6 and 7? I can legitimately see I think they have a history of just, you know, a week or two after the new release. That's all they're supporting. They tend to be more at least I feel like they tend to be more aggressive with that than most developers seem willing to be. So I could see them, I could see the UI looking exactly the same but them just uh, updating it for iOS 7. Doing basically what I said, you know, just make it look like iOS 6 on iOS 7. And then hopefully down the line get rid of the leather and get rid of all that crap. And they updated Find My Friends last week and the icon changed. Oh, to be flat? Yeah, flat, flatter. It, it still had the stitches all the way around, but it lost like the edge gloss effects. Yeah. Like the highlight at the top, the shadow at the bottom. They also removed that from um, Springboard. Right, so Springboard doesn't add those gloss effects to any app anymore. I was talking like about the highlights. Yeah. Oh, I see. Like you know the top two points or whatever, which is weird because I would assume that that icon is going to have to change. Like if the app itself isn't going to have the Corinthian leather in it, that's what the icon 
that's what the icon is. It's leather. So I'd assume that that icon is changing anyway. So maybe that latest update really is just like the last update for six, but at least the icon will look nice on seven. I don't know. Yeah. Did they mention iOS 7 for iPad? Is that coming out? Yeah, it is. So it is coming out the same day as... I believe so. The last time I looked, it is. I haven't really had too much of a chance to play with iOS 7 on the iPad. I have it on my Mini, and it doesn't look so great. iOS 7 is really meant for a retina display. I don't know. I'm not finding... I mean, they have iPad screenshots. There's very few screenshots. Most of the screenshots are are of the uh, iPhone. I believe that it's coming out for everything. That's good. Otherwise, App Store submissions of like universal binaries would be kind of a mess, right? Right, and that was kind of the thing right before the announcement. That was kind of a, you know, the noise that was being made on Twitter was essentially about that. It was about like, if they're actually delaying the iPad release, what do I do about my universal app? What do you think about uh, UIKit Dynamics? Have you played with that yet? Yeah, I mean, not, not, I've been, like, I've, been playing with the implementation on the phone you know what i mean like the i i think it's i i constantly play around with like the new camera screen you know from the lock screen like just smashing the camera thing down to get it to bounce like i love the crap out of that it's so it's just fun to kind of play around with so that kind of stuff i haven't coded anything for it like i haven't done any I haven't implemented it myself. But again, I think it's like the the like the transitions, the new transition stuff. I think it's going to be really really nice when people take advantage of it and all the apps just have like a much more organic feel to it than this kind of like mechanical and consistency. Yeah. I mean everyone's been doing their own keyframe animations right up until now to do really advanced things like this. I've played with it a little bit trying to basically replicate the behavior you were just talking about like pick up pick up a view with a pan gesture and then like slam it down and have it bounce and i've gotten far enough where i can get the gravity and the collision behaviors to work properly but i still have not figured out how to like when you're dragging something down quickly and you let go how do i impart that velocity from the gesture onto the view because in most cases as soon as i let go it just starts to fall it doesn't right it doesn't get carried through with that velocity from my finger. And then, so then that, that like additional speed doesn't get factored into the bounce. If someone's figured this out, please, <laughs> please email us, buildphase at thoughtbot.com. I need to know. I'm sure I'm just missing something. So much new API. Tons, really. I mean, just like, even just those two changes that we've talked about, the network, or three, I guess, the new transitions, the UI dynamics, and the, you know, uh, URL session. Those are three big things, and those are that's barely scratching the surface, right? There's yeah, you covered each layer of MVC right there. Yeah. But but there's all that you know uh, multi-peer connectivity stuff, which is really awesome. The new backgrounding stuff is honestly probably what I'm most excited about because I think that it's gonna the new backgrounding stuff, like being able to just. You know, anything can happen in the background at any time on iOS 7. Uh, And it's smart about the way it handles that, obviously, but um, I'm really excited about that. Like, nobody's talking about this new backgrounding stuff because it kind of got, like, you know, a backhanded mention during the thing. But I'm constantly, like, looking at apps and 
immediately realizing that, oh, this could do some OmniFocus, for example, right? So OmniFocus just, and they actually have a 2.0 update for OmniFocus, which is coming out soon, which I'm excited about too. But um, So I'm a big OmniFocus user, and they have, they used that geofencing hack in a recent update. So like you set a geofence and... Then when you enter or leave that geofence, they can execute arbitrary code. I mean, it's not a hack, right? But it's kind of like a loophole to the backgrounding stuff. Instapaper uses it. Um, Downcast uses it. I'm sure other RSS-type things use it. But so OmniFocus just added it to be able to say, you know, if I enter or leave my house, update my database. If I enter or leave my work, update my database, that kind of stuff. Um, so that your iPhone always stays in sync with the desktop app or the server or whatever. And I was immediately like, this is awesome, but they could totally just do this at midnight every night, you know, and then at like 5 p.m. every day, and it would be the same thing. And it would probably be more reliable if they just did it that way because it wouldn't have to – the geofencing stuff is so inaccurate, especially here. Like, I'll leave our office and jump on the T, the subway, right, and then – my phone loses connection, so it doesn't even register that I've left until I'm like four miles away, and the subway comes up out, you know, yeah, above ground again. <laughs> yeah, I think the backgrounding stuff is going to be awesome. Do you have to use? Do you have to use NSURL session to get the backgrounding stuff? Probably. I mean, if you don't have to, it would be smart to do it anyway. I was going to say, I feel like I'm falling behind in new API. I mean, there's stuff from 6.0 that I haven't even right. Im- implemented yet, like uh, UI state restoration. Oh, yeah. I- I've yet to yeah. to do that. I've always been so bad with that, to be honest. Because I, you know, came in right, right when, right at the tail end of the pre-multitasking stuff, right? So, like, right at the end of three, iOS 3 is when I really kind of started getting into it. And so I just kind of never implemented it myself. And then iOS 4 came out with multitasking. And I was like, eh, <laughs> that's good enough most of the time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I know I know what you mean, though, about, like, falling behind on API stuff. Because there's just so much. Especially, I feel like especially this year. I don't know why I have that sense that there's more this year than there normally is. But. It it might be because 6.0 was actually pretty light on new API, yeah. at least in in UI kit compared to 5. Yeah. So you haven't been playing much with the iOS 7 APIs in general, right? You've just been kind of doing kind of what I've been doing. Right. Yeah, it 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 was focused on focused on 6 and then doing just enough 7 to make it look correct on both versions. Mm-hmm. But not taking advantage of new API in such a way that I'm having to do like a lot of like version checking. There's some really interesting stuff in Maps or in MapKit in 7.0, like the ability to um, provide your own map tiles. Yeah. So previously you would have to like basically implement that yourself, but now there's an actual like outlet in MK Map View to load up custom tile set i could definitely use that on what i'm working on right now <laughs> yeah that's pretty awesome because i know mapbox has that feature right do you know mapbox at all no what's that it's a 
they're not open source, but it's just like another, maybe they are open source actually. So yeah, it's just kind of an alternative map solution. Uh, and they can do custom maps for a bunch of stuff too. Anyway. Um, but it's for pay cheap as hell though. The basic plan is five bucks a month for 10,000 map views per month. Hey, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Online support, satellite layers, SSL maps. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about MK map camera. It's awesome. You can configure kind of like, um, like a point on a map and an altitude and an angle, I believe. And then it, it puts you into 3d mode. Awesome. So that it like evaluates all that. So you're looking at the right thing, but then you can also animate between cameras. So you could be like, kind of like looking down at a 45 degree angle from like a thousand feet up, say like right here in Soma. And, uh, I, they demoed this in one of the sessions and then you could have another camera over at like Golden Gate Park mm-hmm. and then animate between them. And like the camera will like pan up, you'll like rotate, fly over to Golden Gate Park and then like point back down and be like looking at a new 3D view. And it that's just awesome. looks, it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Just so much stuff I want to play with and so little yeah, time. Yeah, I'm just, I was looking at the, yeah. I'm looking at the developer.apple.com slash iOS 7 stuff. And so they have, you know, everything that's new. I didn't realize that they added barcode scanning to the camera. Did you know that? I didn't hear about that. Now that you mention it, I, yes, it's coming back to me. You were talking about something yesterday about a barcode. Yeah. Zebra crossing library that you're using. And I, and I wanted to say at the time that I, I thought that they had added that to iOS 7.0. Yeah. What's the API for it? Where is it? I have it? no idea. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to figure that out. Well, then, it's probably in AV Foundation somewhere. I bet it has to do with taking a picture. It's probably like an AV capture session. Yeah. Well, when I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. There's just so much freaking stuff. There's all the new game kit stuff with the controllers. Oh yeah, what do we know when those are going on sale? I think who did they partner with? Logitech is making official maybe, I don't know. Like Apple approved uh controllers. I'm not. And there's there's two types. There's one that kind of looks like like an SNES controller and then there's one that's a little more Xbox controller like that has like joysticks and shoulder buttons yeah. or like triggers. That Apple slowly moving into the living room. <laughs> Just very surreptitiously. Yeah, yeah. Just one step at a time, slowly, just creeping in there. The airdrop stuff? I still have yet to be able to do that with anyone. Oh, yeah. There's no one else right. around here has 7. Right. Or, and, you, and you need an iPhone 5. It doesn't work on the 4S. Because I'm not sure if they're related, but the 4S also can't, I think, join uh, 802.11n Wi-Fi networks. I think it, yeah, I think G is still the best it can do. That said, I wonder if the 5S has support for 802.11ac. It's all the new Macs do. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. What do you think about the fingerprint scanning stuff in the 5S? Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by the technology behind it. Like we just learned yesterday that it only works with live tissue because it's not just the outer layer, it's the subdermal. Kind of like, right. So you can't just fake it like by taking a picture like mission, 
or like Mission Impossible style, like creating like yeah, like some like fingerprint pad that you put over your finger. Yeah, yeah. and it won't work if the finger is severed from your body, which is also good to know. So, <laughs> I I'm so in love with the the like paranoid people that think that's an actual reality, right? Like that that it, it's it's kind of incredibly self-absorbed to think that someone wants your phone enough that they're going to resort to cutting your fingers off just to be able to get it and use it. Like it's a $200 phone and I'm fairly certain that the penalty for like attacking someone with a knife and cutting their fingers off isn't worth a $200 phone. No. And it's not like any of your data is, worth that much and if it is you shouldn't be keeping it on your right. iphone what anyway are you doing? it's not like the president's walking around with like nuclear launch codes right. on his iphone right. instead in, of in like a briefcase yeah, in notes.app <laughs> it's just he's got a note <laughs> says nuclear launch codes top secret <laughs> right right syncing them with imap <laughs> the code is just one two three four <laughs> The same password as my luggage. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. Thanks for the Spaceballs reference. You're welcome. <laughs> there are certain individuals at ThoughtBot, and they know who they are, that won't get that reference. We can just say it's Josh Clayton. Yeah, Josh Clayton. <laughs> calling you out. Yeah. So iOS 7. I expect that we'll talk about this more yeah, next week. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a constant thing, you know what I mean? I, it, I think like there's going to be a few things that we just keep talking about in the show. And I think that, you know, especially now that all of it's public, you know, we can talk about the more interesting sides of things. The levee has broken. Yeah. Here comes the flood. I'm just looking forward to be able to just simply Google for what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I hate the developer forums so much because I just can't find anything on them. Yes. It's terrible. I, I can't like I, you know, I hate that. But there's also no way to figure out how to do some of this stuff without them. You know what I mean? So being able to – the best thing for me about having it public is like now stack – you know, once this is, you know, on the 18th, we'll be able to ask questions on Stack Overflow and not get annoying like, oh, you can't ask that. This is all under NDA answers, which, you know, they're right, but whatever. Apple should partner with Stack Exchange and get a private – Holy crap. A private like wiki just like that. I think everybody and says just this. Lock it down. Every week. But yeah, they it, it would be amazing. I wonder if there's something in there about about opening up their developer the list of developers, the number of developers, that kind of stuff to a third party. You know what I mean? I I I don't think they'd have to. I, I think they just need like the code for hosting one of those sites from Stack Exchange oh, and then just Hosting wrap it in their own portal. Yeah. That would be awesome. That format is so much better than just old forum style threads. And plus, that forum doesn't work very well. Like if you're in a thread and then you hit the back button and you found that thread, say, on the third page of a search, the back button throws you back to the first page of the search. It's maddening. I can't believe that people are releasing, uh, like, reader for example, just released this week, right? They released 2.0. It's like, dude, you just built in so much. And they released it as a new app, so it's not even like they were trying to release it to keep keep their customers. 
they just added so he just added so much baggage to his app. Like, why didn't he just, you know what I mean? Like he, he like built in legacy support instead of just waiting a week and submitting an iOS seven only build. It's already a new app. He's already charging to purchase it over again. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, people are really happy with the app, I guess, and excited, you know, and it's been a long time coming and all that stuff, but... That's probably it right there. I mean, he's probably been working on 2.0 for a while. Still, it doesn't matter if he's taking advantage of the new APIs. Just bump the deployment target. You know what I'm saying? Like, even even if you're even if he's not taking advantage of the new APIs, why have the deployment target at 6 so that there are going to be people that download Reader that don't update? You know what I mean? For for a while right. at least. There are going to be pe- not, you know, they, it's better now with the over the air updates and all that, but there are going to be people that download Reader that are on 6.0 right now or 6.1 that won't update for a while. And he just built in having to support that instead of just bumping the deployment target and waiting a week. Don't change a thing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I hope he already worried about is this going to render properly on iOS 7. So it seems like the only thing he had to do is remove conditionals and bump the deployment target and say this is 7.0 only even if it doesn't support even if it's not taking advantage of 7.0 APIs. Crazy. Is it in the store as reader 2? Yeah, it's a different so app. Did did he remove the old reader from sale? I'm assuming so. I'd hope so. Yeah, he should have just kept it as like the 6.0 and earlier version for now. Yeah. And then just ship 2.0 as 7.0 only. Yeah, that's what OmniFocus is doing with – or the Omni Group. That's what Omni Group's doing with all their apps going forward. They're re- releasing – hopefully on day one. They've been – you know, they said that they were going to have OmniFocus 2 for iOS in the store this week or submitted this week. And that they're having – they're going to sell both of them, at least for a while. That OmniFocus 1.0 is a separate app from 2.0 and 1.0 is 6. Point zero and you know supports six and two point zero supports seven only. I just don't understand people releasing apps today. Brand new apps, right? New binaries in the app store, new purchases that have to be made for customers, and supporting iOS six. Yeah, that's a little crazy. Anyway, didn't mean to go on. A <laughs> rant. That was an that was an epic tirade. Sorry. Yeah, there's plenty more to talk about in the land of iOS 7. Yep. If there's uh, anything you'd like to hear us touch on that we can like research and give our two cents on, yeah. you know, hit us up, buildphase at thoughtbot.com, or if email's not your bag, uh, at buildphase on Twitter and app.net. And this episode was produced by Chad Pytel, recorded and edited by Mike Manor. Mm-hmm.